Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Main Street Preps Podcast. I'm your host, Russell Venozzi, and we appreciate you tuning in today. We've got a fun show lined up. The guest is White House Heritage boys basketball coach Carl Miller. We talked about his team's recent hot streak, his offensive philosophy, and what the Patriots must do to come out on top in District 9AA. After that, I give an update on Metro Nashville basketball, which is set to finally return next week. Here we go. We are joined now by White House Heritage boys basketball coach Carl Miller. Coach, thanks for taking some time out of your day to chat. Thank you, Russell. I appreciate you having me on. Coach, I know you've been a big proponent of, of wanting to let the kids play uh, over the spring and the fall and even here into the winter. I know uh, Robertson County cut that off during the holidays, but you guys have still been able to play a bunch of games. I know you've played about 10 games or so over the last three weeks. Are you grateful that, that your guys are able to uh, to get out there and play? Uh, very grateful. As I mentioned in the in the past when we've talked, it's a you know, it's, it's about these kids, and we have eight seniors on our team. Just to see them get an opportunity to, to play out their senior season, you know, high school kids only get one shot at this. You know, it's a little different than college ball, so I am very grateful. I'm very grateful to the TWSAA and uh, to our uh, superintendent and the school board and everybody that's, that's stepped up and made this happen for these kids. And not only has Heritage gotten to play, but the team is playing really well. One, uh, They've won 10 of the last 11 games dating back to December 15th, and I believe nine of those last 10 wins have come by double digits. What's been the key to all that success lately? Depth. <laughs> we, uh, we have some, like I said, we have eight seniors. Seven of them play. Of course, Zach A is unable to play, but uh, we also have three juniors in that rotation. So we, we rotate about 10 guys and try to keep our, our kids fresh out there. I think they've uh, this is my second year at Heritage. I think they finally understood my expectations and what I want. Uh, they bought in. They're they're just a great group of kids to coach. They listen well. They try hard. They play hard. And they're seeing the results of that. Uh, I think they like those results. So they continue to play for each other. You know, one thing we really preach here is is our culture and how important it is to be a good teammate and unselfish. And all that combined, I think, has uh, helped our success. And being a Lipscomb grad, I love to talk about Don Meyer and his influence on the local basketball scene. And I understand you like to run that up-tempo pace. Can you just kind of describe your offensive philosophy and, and how that came to be? Well, I've always been a fan of Don Meyer. He, uh, you know, I went to every one of his camps from a freshman player to a senior player. So uh, I had a lot of respect for him as a coach and as a person, and I followed him throughout his coaching career. So, yeah, some of my philosophies, I think, on both ends of the floor stem from that. You know, we're going to – we're going to be as fundamentally sound as we possibly can be, and we're going to play as uh, good as man-to-man defense as we possibly can and uh, make sure we're helping each other on the defensive end. But as far as the transition, you know, I don't think there's any magic to transition other than uh, getting it and going and trying to get opportunities where you have a three-on-two, four-on-three, or five-on-four opportunities to, to get easy buckets. And you know, our point guard, DeMonte Teasley, has really, really played well. Uh, the second half of the season and um, you know I think as soon as we get a rebound or a steal they're immediately looking for him because he, he makes things happen he's uh he's been averaging about eight or nine assists the last few games so he, he makes us go and I think everybody else is just finally understanding that uh, it's more fun to play that way you're in year two now at White House Heritage did it take some time to, to kind of get to know the team and to have them get to know you and all of that? And, and how is, I guess, in year two, how are things more seamless or more together now that you guys kind of had some time to, to build some chemistry? Any 
anytime there's a, a coaching change, you know, there's going to be uncertainties um, about, you know, what's this coach going to do? I, I think last year uh, the kids played hard. There are some things that we did differently last year than this year's because there was things that I felt like we needed to work on in terms of being uh, offensively. We couldn't score last year, uh, so we had to change some things around uh, on both sides, defensively and offensively. But the fact that we were able, even though we didn't get to go to camps this summer, but when the TWSWA allowed us to get back in the gym and we were able to get together, we were able to put put some of that stuff together and and you know the kids buying in uh, and, and, uh, you know i mentioned that before i think the kids buying into to what we want did make it uh, you know a little easier well actually a lot easier this year I, you know i've hired a, an assistant coach tyler wellborn who played here uh, who's an excellent player here played at trebecca and he's been a huge help to our program and, and me and him are on the same page and he's done a he's done a very good job for us in, in terms of making sure our defense is where it needs to be but yes it's uh, things are a lot uh, easier as as most things are your second year than your first year. Right. Yeah, I totally get that. With I'm in the second year of my job too, and uh, I can definitely attest that it is nice having some experience under your belt. But you came over from coaching the Greenbrier Briar girls in uh, August 2019. I'm interested to know. So you went from coaching girls to coaching boys. What's that transition been like? And are, are the motivation tactics any different when you're when you're talking about coaching different genders? Well, I coached boys before girls, and then girls, then girls, and then boys. So, you know, most of my experience has been with boys. Uh, the Greenbar girls program went through a period where they really struggled, and Katie Osborne, the principal at Greenbar, had asked me if I would take that job. I think they struggled in a lot of areas, and, you know, starting with the, the culture, and so we cleaned that up, and and then uh, got same same situation, got them to buy in, you know, culture wise, teammate wise, and and what our vision was, and and you know, got them back really kind of on the winning track, at least being competitive. I know that district on the girls' side is really tough, but uh, Coach Gillen's doing a great job there. She was my assistant, and I, you know, when I left, I felt like they were in good hands, and I still feel that way. I think she's doing a great job over there. In terms of the gender, you know, uh, the game of basketball is the game of basketball, so not much uh, change in terms of that. Uh, you know, when you stress fundamentals and defense above everything else, that's what you stress uh, no matter the gender you coach. And you mentioned DeMonte Teasley as, as the guy that kind of makes your team go this season. Who are some of the other guys that have stood out and, and helped you guys win all these games so far? Well, obviously, uh, Junior Dan, uh, Daniel Bell. I mean, he's our leading scorer. Daniel's averaging about 18 a game, six rebounds. He's actually shooting about 74% from the floor, uh, being 15 games in. Uh, that's an incredible stat. You know, he's, he's kind of flying under the radar, in my opinion. But And uh, our center, uh, senior 6'7", uh, Ben Bronlin, has also uh, had some really big games for us. I think he had 12 or 14 rebounds last night. And then guard Caleb Guyswhite. And then we've kind of rotated that fifth uh, position, but Jared Brummett has been starting as of late. He's a really good outside shooter. As a matter of fact, he hit back-to-back threes to start the game last night against Sycamore. Uh, hit some hit four threes against East and four threes against White House. So, you know, he's kind of our, our shooter, and he plays really hard. But, you know, we have guys coming off the bench, Tay Francis, Timmy Frill, uh, Brandor Rosa, Maritz Ditzler, who's an exchange student, uh, student from Germany. So all those guys give us really good minutes. You know, Dale, uh, obviously, Bell is our is our go-to guy. 
uh, offensively because he can score inside and out. But but Teasley is the one who kind of runs the show and make things go. Now Teasley, you know, defensively is uh, a lockdown defender as well. Yeah, tell me about the exchange shooting from Germany. Did did you know that he was coming and, and joining your team this year? I had no idea. <laughs> I, I, I got called up to the guidance office one day, and you know he, he came here with his host parents, and the, the very first question he asked the guidance counselor is, "Who's the basketball coach?" And so uh, he told him that he came, and, you know, that's one thing he wanted to do. He played in Germany, and he, uh, I went up there and met him and his host family and gave him a tour of the, our facilities, and he was a little bit in awe of that. And I gave him a little uh, one-man tryout, and he ended up getting a jersey. And, you know, he's a, he's a big, strong kid, jumps well, he's very athletic, so he's, he's, he's given us some quality minutes as well. And one guy that most – most people aren't going to see in the box scores for most games, unless it was senior night with Zach Hay. Uh, for anybody that's not aware, he suffered a stroke and had several seizures uh, at his home last March. Had to have had to be hospitalized, have several surgeries. Uh, very scary situation, but he's on the mend now. You guys were able to honor him on senior night. He got the opening basket, um, and even though he's not able to play at the moment, he's still there supporting the team, greeting his teammates after a three pointer and all that kind of stuff. What does it mean to you guys to have him there supporting to, supporting you? And what do you think it means to him just to still be able to be part of the team? Well, I think it means the world to him and us. Um, you know, he's at every practice. He's at every game. Uh, as I told you before, you know, if somebody hits a three or we get a dunk, he's the first one to jump up off the bench. And You know, I, I just think it's been really good for him to stay engaged with our program. And like I said, all these guys, they're all best friends. And uh, they all hang out together. And he's still part of that group and, and wants to be involved. And uh, we're, we're glad that he's getting to experience that, even though it's not, you know, playing. But he is – He's just a big a part of this team as, as anybody else. We He still has his jersey. I did not give his jersey out. His jersey hangs in his locker. Um, I, I kept his locker, so he, he has his senior locker. And we're just happy that, that, that he's here with us and, and can be a part of it. And the way things stand now, you guys are on top of the district with about six league games remaining. I think you lead by a couple of games, even even though I think you guys may, maybe haven't played as many games yet. How can you focus, keep the team focused on, on each game at a time here with, with kind of what's at stake and you guys maybe trying to get that top seed in, in the district? Well, we talk about it a lot. We're, we're halfway through. We're, we, we're 6-0. and we got six more to go. You know, I think I told another coach uh, last night, another coach this morning, that I feel like anybody can beat anybody. So, um, you know, we got to be on, on top of our game uh, every single time we play. Uh, we can't be complacent. You know, championship teams play like champions every single night, and that's something that we're really trying to drive home. That they got to perform at a high level. That everybody wants to beat us right now because we are on top, like in any sport. Um, that's just the way it is, and they got to learn how to handle that, and they got to learn how to be humble at the same time. But we uh, we're just taking one game at a time, and and uh, and hopefully things will work out in our favor. You know, getting that that first round by. You know, an automatic uh, region bid is, is our goal right now, our short-term goal. Speaking of the region tournament, that looked a little bit uncertain uh, until a few weeks ago when it was announced that Metro Nashville schools are going to finally get to play again next week. They're going to have a two-week regular season before the district tournament begins. Of course, your district 9 AA matches up with theirs uh, 10 AA. What do you make of, of them there in Metro getting finally getting a chance to play basketball? I think it's sad they haven't been playing since November. Uh, that would be my first thought. I think uh, I feel sorry for those kids, uh, and and to and to tell them they can play six or seven regular season games um, is kind of sad. But you know, if you want to look at the positive of it, they are getting to play some. 
and yes, it will definitely make our region tougher. It always does, but that's you know, if you want to be the best, you got to go through the best. I, you know, obviously we haven't seen any of their teams play, but we will, and I'm sure they'll be fine. I'm sure those kids have been playing anyway, wherever they could, whether it's the the wire or church or. Um, you know, wherever they could get in. But I would have liked to have seen them play since November. And, you know, I'm not going to get too much into that, but I just – I never understood it. You know, I know the virus is deadly. I know it's dangerous. But my thing is you have private schools in Nashville that played – some of them have played 18 games already. And and the, and the Metro schools have yet to play one game. So it's just hard for me to, to fathom how that can be okay. And some of those teams in that other district that have been strong recently include Pearl Cone, East Nashville, Maplewood, Hume Fog. A lot of the coaches in your district are painfully aware of that because that's definitely been a, a hurdle for the District 9 AA teams to, to break through in the region. What do you, what do you think it's going to take for, for you guys or just another team in your district to break through and to try to get to uh, the sectionals and maybe even further? Obviously, the way it's set up now with us not having a central site for our tournaments and, and uh, having home court advantage is huge. And again, we talk about that a lot. You know, if you're the the top seed, obviously in our district, we'll have we'll we'll get to play here the whole district tournament on our home floor. And then, obviously, if we win the tournament, you get to host the region game. So I think that that's a big part of it because this year it's a little different. And you know, our the coaches in our district, we've been communicating back and forth how this is going to work and that's going to work. And but but the tournament games being played at the higher seed. Is, is huge in terms of how far you can advance or at least give you a chance to advance being able to play on your home court. There's definitely a lot to play for then over these next two or three weeks. And, Coach, I think that's all I've got unless you had anything else. I don't. I appreciate everything you guys do. Thanks for what you do for these student-athletes on a daily basis. They deserve it now more than ever. They've been through a lot. I think they've handled this COVID situation in some ways a lot better than adults. So I'm glad these kids are getting to play and I appreciate you guys covering them like you do. Well, thanks for your time, Coach. That's been White House Heritage's Carl Miller. We appreciate him joining the show today. Like Coach Miller and I just talked about, Metro Nashville basketball is back. After missing the first few months of the season due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the Metro School Board has decided to let its students play sports for at least the next several weeks. So most Metro teams will play six or seven regular season games from February 2nd to February 16th, and then the district tournaments will commence. Here's the schedule for opening night, which will be next Tuesday, February 2nd. In District 10 AA, East Nashville will be on a bye. White's Creek will be at Hume Fogg, Stratford at Maplewood, Pearl Cone at Martin Luther King. In District 12 AAA, Antioch will travel to Overton, Cane Ridge will play at Hunter's Lane, Glencliff will host Hillsborough, and Hillwood will host McGavick. So a great slate of games coming up there next week. It's going to be really exciting to see these kids get back on the court. I know they've probably just been itching to get back out there. They've been practicing for a while now, but finally getting a chance to play games, so so good for them. At least they get a little bit of a season here and a chance to show out in the postseason. And speaking of the postseason, there were several Metro teams last year that made state tournaments, but of course those state tournaments were eventually canceled. So let's just run down some of the top teams to watch based on last year's results. In the Class AAA boys, Hillsboro made the state tournament. Of course, never got to play in that tournament because of the COVID-19 pandemic. But they went 23-7, and and they returned two of their top three scorers, including Furman signee J.P. Pegas and Jalen Macon, who's heading to Arkansas Pine Bluff as a quarterback. Then in the Class AA boys bracket, there was East Nashville, who went 25-3. and 
But they returned their entire starting five, and you have to think that these guys uh, could be a favorite there, at least to get to the state tournament, if not to compete for it. Jalen Jones, Isaiah Jones, Willie Wilson, Gerard Taylor, and Josh Cole round out that lineup that comes back. So East Nashville is definitely a team to keep an eye on. In their same district and in their same classification, there was Pearl Cone, who went 25-3, and also made the state tournament. They're from District 10 AA, so two teams from the same district in the state tournament, not something you see every day. They had Marcus Fitzgerald Jr. and Tyrone Marshall, two really solid players. Both those guys have graduated, so Pearl Cone has a lot to replace, but the Firebirds just seem to reload every year, so we'll see who steps up for them. Another boys team to watch is Cane Ridge. They went 22-11 and last year and fell to Summit in the region quarterfinals, but they have Brandon Miller, who's arguably the best player in the state. He's rated as a five-star prospect by 24-7 Sports. According to some outlets, he's the number two prospect in Tennessee behind Kentucky commitment Sky Clark, but that kind of depends on which rankings you're looking at. 24-7 Sports Composite has him listed as the number 13 prospect in the nation. He averaged nearly 21 points per game a year ago, and he can shoot the three really well. Very fun player to watch there, and, and you have to think Kane Ridge has a chance if Miller's playing well. Now moving over to the girls' side, in the Class AA girls' bracket, Maplewood made the state tournament in 2020 after posting a 31-5 record. They return two of their top scores as well, LaRose Morrow, who averaged 16.4 points per game, and Renetta Watson, who averaged about 10 points a game. So they should be in pretty good shape to make another run this year. And then along with them are the East Nashville girls in their district. They've got two of their three top scorers coming back in Zayla Jones and Tamia Shaw. So keep an eye on the Lady Eagles as well. Of course, it'll be interesting to see where these teams stand. They'll, they'll need some time to build up their chemistry. All these other teams that have been playing since November definitely have a leg up. But at least these Nashville teams are going to have a chance. They're going to have a chance to make a run. And they're they're in here for the, the, for the best part of the season. A lot of basketball coaches will tell you basketball is a tournament sport. And with the way the TWSAA has things set up, the district and region tournaments obviously determine a lot about a season. So Metro teams get that opportunity. And we are looking forward to covering them next week and beyond. And that'll do it for today's episode of the Main Street Preps podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out MainStreetPreps.com for all the latest high school sports coverage in Middle Tennessee.